Welcome to Ride Home Reactions, the 20-minute show where we react to the movie we just saw. Why 20 minutes? Because that's how long it takes us to drive home. I'm David Els, video production guy for InTheCarMedia.com. And I am Jill Rogatti, theater lady from SoapAndRopeTheater.com. We saw a movie on our first date and liked talking about it together so much that we got married. Was it worth it? You decide! All right. This is another uh, rewind episode. So we're on our couch, having just watched Ace Ventura: Pet Detective. David for the first time. Jill for the not first time. Yeah, maybe the like fourth time. Yeah. On the count of three, we'll give our one. Oh to gosh. T- and I'll let Jill, you know, have her time to think of her score. I forgot that we did that for rewinds. Yep. Uh, okay. One, two, three, two. Five. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that one doesn't age well. No, it is not. Uh, so, man. So, like, like Jill said, I have not seen this movie. Um, it came out in '94. Uh, I really wasn't allowed to see PG-13 movies at that time, and just never got around to it um, in the intervening years. And uh, yeah, I did not like that movie <laughs> uh, for a whole lot of reasons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, so part of what I'm going to say, I'm like, this is like something that a 34 year old man would say, as opposed to like a 14 year old boy. It's like I just found Jim Carrey very annoying, <laughs> obnoxious, and uh, while physically skilled, ultimately doing completely inane things, like making Star Trek references for absolutely no apparent right. reason, and just like other random pop cultural references. So it just felt like a really, really long parody factory. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I think a 14-year-old me would have said like, I love that they make fun of Star Trek. So yeah, I, I a lot of my criticism is like, as someone who this is not for, this is not written for me, a 34-year-old man watching in 2019. <laughs> no, no, it was not. Yeah. It was hard to watch. <laughs> <laughs> um, I haven't seen it in years, years and years. I uh-huh. mean, maybe the early 2000s. It was the last time I saw it, uh-huh. and I was cringing so many times at how they handled women in power positions and homosexuality, like especially with the guy at the urinal. At the urinal. So yeah, there's a guy at a urinal, and Ace Ventura has to look and see if he has. A Super Bowl ring, or what? what's in the Super Bowl ring on his finger. And so it looks like he's looking at his penis. And the guy at the urinal, you'd think he's going to be like, hey, stop looking at my penis. But he's actually into the idea. And the guy like puts his hands up like a fairy. Like, like the most literally stereotypical. A literal fairy. Yeah. And like prances out of the bathroom. Right. After Ace Ventura. Right. So yeah, it is. Like it I was incredible. already a little bit uncomfortable with where the scene was going, but then that happened and I was like, oh no. <laughs> Oh, I'm curious what you meant with the women in power part. Like, what what specific scenes? Oh, uh, like, so there's two women that are in, like, relatively powerful roles. So there's the Courtney Cox character. Uh-huh. And then there's the sheriff or the um, chief, the right. police chief. 
who that one's a little bit tricky because technically it's supposed to be a man like a really bad guy pretending to be a woman it's supposed to be a, a trans woman but but for yeah but in the but 90s. for a bad cause not because of like i want to be a woman you think so yes it's like that's the end that okay. Ray Finkel had to go to in order to get his revenge. That's uh-huh. that's how I think the movie okay. is portraying it. I don't think he actually uh-huh. wants to be a woman or wants to kiss all these men. I think he's just doing it just to get right to his final revenge. And that character in particular is really um like she says all of her lies in a really sultry way even though she's being like powerful uh-huh. she like says things in this like weird sexy voice and then courtney cox i just feel like is constantly being sexually harassed right <laughs> like and she she so i i think she does a fine job being a woman in a you know more powerful role but is clearly just like tolerating and rolling her eyes at like one advance after another from all these men around her Uh and it's it's often played off as like isn't that funny Mm -hmm. as opposed to like oh poor character it's it's usually used as like a joke so that wasn't i was yeah paying attention to that a little bit this time but i don't i think homophobia is far worse of an issue in this movie yeah um and all and and the extent that they go to to make the joke about realizing that he kissed a man right is i think so distasteful yeah (laughs) movies like this where with scenes like that where yeah he's like it's just like scene where he's like trying to obliterate all of the germs that he got from kissing what he learned to be a man right that uh, I was like, okay, well, that has reverberating effects upon the youth culture that watches us. Yeah, you're exactly right. It's like he's trying to cleanse himself of germs. That was hard to watch. It's like one of those things where I, yeah. it would not have dawned on me in 1994. No, of course. But uh, I wanted to he- hear what you thought about the Jim, the, the Ace Ventura character. Yeah. He just, like, the, the character just really bugged me. <laughs> yeah. I had, I think you're absolutely right that it's for a younger age, you know, so I think there are some people who can't handle watching Tim and Eric Uh and even us at age (laughs) in our mid thirties enjoy watching Tim and Eric. Right. Though I think we can easily see how someone else would just be so annoyed at that and be like, this is clearly for like middle school boys and, and not for adults to be watching. Uh So I think definitely it appealed to middle school and high school you know people just loved mimicking him loved it and i you probably were aware of a lot of it even though you hadn't seen the movie it was complete like i would say jim carrey right because i just knew them i wouldn't i knew all righty (laughs) then do not go in there (laughs) and then uh, there's i think this from the sequel which i also haven't seen do I have something in my teeth? When uh-huh. he's asparagus. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I know all these lines. Right. And like they're great little like moments of just like, wow, that's wacky. Right. But I don't like it all strung together in a no, movie. <laughs> no. So like and I agree like I there were moments where I was like, I don't get why he's doing that. <laughs> exactly. You know, like exactly. when he does the like <laughs> with his fingers, you're like, what is that? But what does that mean? And at clearly for that age, right, or age, you know, for middle schoolers in the nineties. 
It, that doesn't matter. Yeah. They just are loving this kooky guy. I, his, his physicality is great. I really, it's really great. I mean, you it's can't really deny impressive. It. You cannot deny his physicality is is incredible. And his range. The, the, and... um, the slow motion scene where, of yeah. course, of course it's, he's wearing a tutu to make sure that you know he's crazy. Of course, of course. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that slow motion, like super technical control of his body. Like, mm-hmm. if I feel like you see uh, dancers do and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Like I guess it would be like popping and locking, kind of. And his in the very, I think maybe maybe the fo- most famous part of the whole thing is his um, like sneaking through the rich guy's house okay. with the like Mission Impossible theme. Yeah. Um, I feel like people mimicked that, but he does a great job. It really makes me laugh. Like pretending to hang on the wall. Uh-huh. <laughs> like you know he he's supposed to be doing this very serious job, and he takes. A really long time to have fun. Oh, is this is this one of the few scenes where he wasn't being serious? <laughs> <laughs> David, see the joke is that he has a really serious job, but he's not taking it seriously. Okay, so I get that joke, but there's a few left but that I don't think I understand. He actually doesn't. It's actually funny <laughs> to see because the other ones are either distasteful. Or not funny. <laughs> um, but let's talk about the end where so Ray Finkel, it's t- it le- we learn has are we saying disguised himself? I think so. Okay, as a woman, very surgically, surgically, <laughs> uh, which I think most people would interpret as going through a transitional surgical procedure to become a woman. Like in terms of their gender, mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't seem like a. I mean, again, this is a, a very ridiculous movie, but yeah, I guess the the way it looks on the surface is if you go really crazy, you might go so crazy that you decide to change your gender, mm. and that's gross, mm-hmm. as evidenced by how much people puke at the end of the movie when they. Well, realize, that implies that they all kissed him. Oh, I see. I missed that. Yeah, they're all spitting because they all realize that they kissed her, which is actually him. I see. I didn't catch that. Yeah, I thought they were grossed out at the sight of a nun. I don't think so. I think it's all like implying that she okay kissed everybody. Yeah, not that that really makes it any better. But I I, I misunderstood that joke. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, It was such a good joke. But no, that moment is so uncomfortable too, as he's like ripping her shirt open. Yeah, it's oh my gosh, it's in such bad days. And <laughs> you can tell just... that the performer, like uh, the actress, has no idea what she's supposed to be doing. Right. So she just kind of has this blank, like freaked out, uncomfortable look. Yeah, like I'm just uncomfortable. But she's on camera the whole time, and so it, I found myself feel terrible like looking at her yeah. just thinking about like what would this actual person be thinking <laughs> right time. right i feel like this this uh episode is coming across very sen- like we're being very sensitive <laughs> well it's just i mean sorry for anybody who really loves you know it's what it's hard i mean i think that's the hard thing is to be nostalgic for something but then when you watch it again yeah like there's a lot of things in my past that i yeah I like when before we started watching this, I wasn't remembering those parts. Yeah. So I'm just remembering the, um, you know, 
him delivering the UPS package in the beginning. And uh-huh. that's really funny. And, you know, like right. those mo- those are the moments I remember. Yeah. But I think it's important to think to realize like, oh, as a, you know, I don't I don't think my parents let me see it in theaters either. But I saw it when I was at a yeah. formative age. And that's I got a lot of messages from yeah. that movie. I think that's important to realize. Right. Not to be Debbie Downer, but he's from yeah. Sure, but I encourage people who have not seen this since pre-2000 or even post-2000, but don't really remember exactly what we're talking about. Uh, this is on Hulu. Feel free to, to you know, skip around because it's a, it's a lot of not a very good movie anyway. <laughs> um, but there's some troublesome parts in this movie and especially towards the end. <laughs> yeah, it feels like a woman is being raped for for comedic. Right. Oh gosh! Like, well, it's okay though because it turns out um, in the story she's a man. So, which is a punchline, which is like so the biggest is, punchline of the whole movie. This is not rape because it's a, it's a man who's right. being her, having her clothes ripped off of a, a, a woman's body. Um, yeah, and I think Jim Carrey has has been in better movies too. But it's funny so. that thinking back, I think people would say that Ace Ventura was kind of like the pinnacle well, of success for I was looking at IMDb. It's, it's definitely the first, you know, Jim Carrey movie, quote unquote. I think it's what made him famous. Yeah. Like, really. Because right after that came The Mask. Right. And then after that was Dumb and Dumber. And then it was Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls. And, you know, it goes on from there. Right. So it was a really concentrated dose there. And it could be, so I watched, I did watch Dumb and Dumber for the first time in college um, so, you know, way later than, um, when it came out, but, uh, I'm curious if, if I would have similar misgivings about that movie. I just remember the joke writing was a lot stronger. <laughs> well, shall we reevaluate? Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely got to go lower. Ugh. <laughs> it's tough coming from a place of having liked it in the past. It's hard. It's hard to go down. I think I still remember being so taken by his freedom, uh-huh. you know, his complete lack of concern about <laughs> what he's doing, what he looks like, how he sounds. And I think for mo- for most people at the time, that was really enjoyable to watch. Uh-huh. And part of what was so funny about it was just watching a guy be cut loose uh-huh. to do whatever he wanted. Oh, I think I'm going to bring it down to a, I'll say a three. Um, I'm also going up to a three. You're going uh, up? I'm going up to a three, yeah. Um, I think you're right that whether this is the first time this happened, it was certainly the first movie that I think a lot of people, like the first time they were shown, like, you can be completely crazy and if you're an adult... <laughs> Uh, no one's going to tell you to stop. You can just keep doing this. Um, so just that like wish fulfillment, I feel like that is something that is pretty intoxicating for a, you know adolescent to yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. So I, I have to give it credit for kind of exploring that territory. Yeah, it. it there's just something that really doesn't sit well that that we're identifying 
the parts of it that our middle school selves would have just relished in and loved. Yeah. And yet the other parts that we're not comfortable with are horrible for a middle schooler to be watching. Yeah. So I think it's this weird, like, yikes, that's appealing to that age range. Yeah. And yet that's the age range that was getting a lot of really not great messaging. Right. But I do think it's interesting, especially doing these rewinds, because I think we will land on ones that do hold up over time. Yeah. Um, and that's interesting yeah. to find them. So, But I think in this one we have seen evolution, you know, and, yeah. and that's why it's not holding up. Right. And I'm not trying to put a silver lining on it. I guess I'm just saying, like, right. it's it's great that we <laughs> can now say yikes right <laughs> that is not none of that is okay right yeah we, we will never have it right but we will continue to yeah. hopefully improve yeah bit by bit each decade <laughs> yeah I, so i guess that's my my concern is here here's my prediction for 10 years from the future okay. uh in 2029 we're going to look back at 2019 as the time where we congratulated ourselves for noticing things as privileged people. Uh-huh. Sure, <laughs> sure. Um, and like, We pat ourselves on the back for yeah, noticing yeah. that things are wrong. So yeah, I'm going to yeah. listen back to this episode and be like, oh my gosh, 10 years ago, Dave thought he completely understood how, you know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> how, yeah. how the LGBTQ community um, experiences right. pain and sure, suffering. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah. This is why we're doing this. This is just journals that we share with When the we're world. 80, we'll still be doing the podcast, this but our- we'll be doing rewinds of our rewinds, <laughs> and we'll be listening to our podcast and yeah. then scoring our own podcast. This is our audio lab journal. And this one, we'll, we'll probably give a three when we're 80, because <laughs> we'll be like, oh, those guys, they, were, they didn't get it. Yeah. All right. Well, now that we've uh, been fully sensitive... <laughs> To an annoying level. Let's uh, wrap this up. Okay. Good night.